Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? Meanwhile, back at the halls of justice, Batman and Superman have an announcement. We've got important matters to discuss. Superman? Lex Luthor and Bill Gates have teamed up. They want to launch a rocket to block out the sun. So let's get this thing moving. Thanks, Superman. As you all know, we had to let Wonder Woman go after the woke FAA grounded the invisible jet because Diana was able to define a woman. So, we have a new member of the Justice League. Her superpower is, uh, well, a microphone. But she's also raising five boys and Brock in a Democrat neighborhood. She's so badass, she doesn't even want a real cool superhero name. So, Justice League, please give a warm welcome to Wendy Bell. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program is on the clock. Great to be with you. Your home for common sense conservatism. It simply is not that difficult. You know, we like to follow trends. We like to pay attention to what's going on out there and be able to project what's really happening. Because so much of what we see is the smoke that they want in your eyes. So you're like, oh my gosh, I can't see. It's burning. As they're doing something totally ridiculous over here. It's just standard operating. We all know, right? But it's curious to hear folks like, I don't know, the hacks over at NBC put something out about Democrats clutching their pearls finally and being like, well, maybe we don't like Joe Biden. Maybe we don't want him. Really? Come on, man. But this is a very interesting Let's just say mainstream media greasing of the skids of the hook that he's going to be getting here imminently. Now, I don't know how it's going to happen. It's not going to be the fallout from the the family nonsense with money laundering and $31 million, blah, blah, blah. They can't let that happen because God knows what Obama's been making, right? I'm sure it's more than the 10%. They needed to be something else. Whatever the ultimate cause is, it's set up to be the age thing. He's clearly not well. Ah, I don't know. He's fumbling more than usual. The little baby steps that he has to use instead of the big long ones to get onto Air Force One. Eh, right? Here's NBC with two minutes and 22 or 23 seconds. That, to me, is very eye-opening. Listen. It's a simple question of job approval, barely 40% approve of Joe Biden's performance. And we have to note, 56%, that's the highest disapproval rating for President Biden since he took office. That's significant. Yeah, so let's take a look at what's driving that, too, here. In one big area, no surprise, it is the economy. Look at this contrast. This is April of 21, months after Biden took office. Nearly half the country was satisfied with where the economy was. Then, now, barely one in four Americans satisfied with the economy. There's also this. We found an enthusiasm gap between the two parties. We asked folks on a scale of 1 to 10, 
How enthusiastic are you about the presidential election? And you can see Republican to Democrat, there is a gap right there. Where's the lag for Democrats? We found a couple places. Non-white voters, you can see significantly less enthusiastic than white voters. And then how about this age gap? The youngest group of voters who Democrats have been trying to get excited and motivated, a 50-point, nearly 50-point gap there. So really an uphill battle to try to make sure voters don't stay home if you're Democrats. Yeah, that's it. And the problem for Democrats, too, the lack of enthusiasm about the election, there's clearly a lack of enthusiasm about the president himself. Because we asked primary voters on the Democratic side, do you want options next year besides Biden? 59% said yes, they do. This is not a normal number for an incumbent. We asked the same question a year before Donald Trump sought re-election of Republicans. Only 37% wanted more choices then as a very high number. Yeah, this is like the inverse of each other, these two numbers. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, it raises the question to what else concerns Democrats. And I think this gets to sort of the elephant wow. in the room here. Biden's age and fitness. I mean, look at this contrast. We have talked so much about Donald Trump, the indictments, right. the legal woes. They are clearly a major or moderate concern to the majority of Americans. But Biden's age and fitness for office, almost three out of four in our poll. This is Democrats, Republicans, independents say it's a major or moderate concern for them. How about Trump? He's only a few years younger than Biden. A full 27 point gap right there. This is looming as a major problem for the president, too. It's notable because his strategy is to try to laugh off concerns about his age. We'll have to see if they revisit that strategy. All right, fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. We're trying to pretend that we're relevant in any capacity. And we've got this guy, he's the monitor guy. And he's got to be very effective. He's going to lean into it. He's going to move things around. I'm going to draw on the screen. I mean, we've spent millions of dollars on this stupid technology. I might as well use it. When all they need to say is Joe Biden sucks. Everybody knows he sucks. And when they look back on things and they're like, you know what? My life was better before he came on the scene. No, duh. Black voters know it. Young voters are like, I'm never going to be able to buy a house. My son, Jack, 21-year-old senior in college in Los Angeles. Can you imagine what he's living like, right? Mom, I'm never going to buy a house at this point. I'll never be at 21 years old. They know. Kristen Walker, ah, it's just wild. No, you guys are a little too overt in saying this. And I believe something else is afoot. All right, so we're going to start a new segment. I'm just going to say it myself. I believe we need to do a scumbag of the day. There's usually so many options. It's hard to even boil it down. But we have two. Well, three, because one's a BOGO. All right. So on the one hand, you remember that Dr. Peter Hotez guy? He's this mousy, squirrely, weaselly guy who's Mr. Vaccine advocate. He's like, don't answer. Don't ask any questions about anything that we tell you to do. Just do it. Do it dutifully. And if something sideways happens, that sucks for you. Next, he's the guy who was on Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast. And he was trying to he was trying to downplay Dr. Malone's comments and RFK Jr.'s comments that we're seeing some really bad side effects. Look, I'm married to a cardiologist. I never heard him say myocarditis before 2021. And he does now. Uh, that's not my imagination, folks. People are hurting. There's a reason the CDC is not giving us this data. Can you tell us how many people have suffered? No. Wow. 
Fantastic. Dr. Hotez was approached recently by a woman. She's me, right? A mom. She was like, look, I, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm pro-knowledge. So where's the knowledge? Where's the study? Where, how do I know this is safe? You can't just tell me that it's safe. Where's the evidence, which you've never told us? It's like, where's the evidence that our money is actually doing something of any value in Ukraine? Oh, it's buying tanks, Bradley tanks, and all these other drone things, and all this ammunition. Really? Where does the battle stand? Are we moving the needle? Or is this just yet another Afghanistan that we're about to embark in 20 years of funding, right? So this mom says to Peter Hotez over the weekend, look, I want to know some stuff. He attacks her. He attacks a woman who wants details. Give me the granular data. Show me. Don't ask me to believe you because your science, listen, it's truly remarkable. Um, and, and we're not anti-vaccine, Mr. Hotez. I respect you for your knowledge. Well, um, we're not a hate group and we're not anti-vaccine. We're not. Well, we're, we're, please, uh, this is what I want you Please hear our side. Okay? Yeah. I respect you. I respect uh, your credentials. I don't have letters behind my name, but I am a mom. I care about my children. We don't want our children to be sick. We respect the infections for their ability, what they could possibly do, the dangers that they could possibly Then prevent. why are you putting kids in harm's because way? Because we don't have confidence in the vaccine program for issues that yeah, she Yeah, but that's because of this misinformation. It's not true. They're treating, you know, your functioning is the useful idiots of the anti-vaccine no. Why are you do calling you know people me? names? Do you know me? Who do I associate with? How do you know I associate with because idiots or listen to idiots? You know, you're making an you're, unfounded you're, you're, you're assumption. Being, you're being duped by No, the, the CDC that. documentation so, is so scary the, to me. I want you yeah. to hear my side so that you know it's not just autism. There's a small subset of children that you know exist that are, are prone to vaccine injury. It's not just a swollen arm or, or a fever. It's death. It's having a child who's 17 years old wearing a diaper who will never be married, who will never have children. The likelihood These of children exist and you know. Well, we've, we've, let's let's we've, not be pro and anti. We've let's done, be in the middle. We've done let's the, figure this we've out We've done together. the math, right? And we know that the likelihood of a serious injury so can from you getting vaccinated that my child is, is one in a million. So can you, one it's, not one, it's not one in a million. It's not one in a million. Is the there a mandated vaccine reporting system? I bought your book. Read the book. I bought your book. I'm excited to read it. But it's, it, let's just say you're right. Let's give you all the credit. Right. It's one in a million. Can you guarantee my child will not be one in the one million? Can you guarantee me that? But that's a ridiculous. No, it is. Why? That's our child. So you're, so, so you're going to deny children no. the fundamental right no. to be protected against... A lot of us have vaccine-injured children. I have vaccinated children, Mr. Hotez, but I am... I don't have full confidence because of some of the things that have gone on, because of the CDC, things on the CDC website, the World Health Organization, Institute of Medicine, there are issues. All I want you to do is find out what those issues are and bring us the science showing you don't have to worry. We did, and that's why we did. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Oh! You didn't read the book. You're only saying no. I'm going to read the book. The book, book goes beyond I'm going to read the book. Read the okay, book. I, I know Thank where you. to put that book. Hey, Dr. Ahotez. I know where that book should go. You're functioning as a useful idiot. <gasps> How dare you? All right, so why did I share this? Just to get you angry? No. These moms, they're armed. They're ready. They've done their research. Dr. Hotez, how is it possible that the FDA just approved this 
new booster when it was tested on 10 mice. That would have been a good one to drop because I could do that. Dr. Hotez, why won't you debate? Why won't you sit down and talk about it? Well, I've got 71 million reasons why, and it's connected to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I'm sorry. Wait, is that the sound of you guys going, what? No, Dr. Botez is part of that fishy organization of suck. <laughs> oh, wait for it. And I haven't even talked about Hillary and Jen Psaki yet. I've got it all for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Vaccine enthusiast Dr. Peter Hotez calling a mom worried about the impacts of another laundry list of vaccines being thrubbed, sho- thrubbed, thrubbed, shoved down our throats. Ah, right. Asking about it. You're a useful idiot. He says, read my book. Really? You little weasel. I could take him too. I think Gates Foundation commits nearly 70 million. <laughs> Nearly 70 million. You guys would pay for that. We could do pay-per-view. Uh, all right, Joe. You can take them out back and Look, no, no. Push-ups. I can bob and weave. Look, I'm lithe. I can make it happen. He could be lumbering and oafish with like a grease stain on his shirt. And I'd be like, let's go. <laughs> Gates Foundation commits nearly $70 million to help fight neglected tropical diseases. The Gates Foundation needs to move along and and just go off into the sunset because it seems like wherever their fingerprints are, people suffer. So I'm reading this article. I'm like, huh, I wonder if Dr. Hotez, as he's enthusiastically telling moms who who have questions about plunging unknown substances into their children's bodies, as he calls them useful idiots, hmm, I wonder if there's a connection between this cat and, you know, Bill Gates, Mr. Squeaky Clean. How about this? $70 million. What? Dr. Peter Hotez is quoted in this announcement? While medical science has advanced at breakneck speed over the past century, research on most tropical diseases has languished, overlooked by many scientists and most funders. I hope that these grants will help spark a new era of accelerated research on neglected tropical diseases, which is code for we're coming to vaccinate you with something else, says Dr. Peter Hotez, principal scientist of SVI's Human Hookworm Vaccination Initiative and chair of the Department of Microbiology, Immunology, and Tropical Diseases at George Washington University. Dr. Hotez will speak on neglected diseases at the Global Clinton Global Initiative meeting in New York City on September 21st. It was an article a couple weeks ago. So wait, we've got a guy who's connected, connected to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation of Suck with Hillary and Bill Clinton who ruined Haiti, right? How much did they do to benefit Haiti? Call them. Ask them. See how much life is better with the Bill and, and, and Hillary Clinton Crime Family Foundation pitching in. And now, by golly, Bill and Hill, they want to be there to help funnel your money to Ukraine. They'll only skim off the top just a little bit to make sure Chelsea and her whatever kids are set for life. Dr. Hotez is part of it all. Are you seeing the connection? Speaking of Hillary, oh, let's listen to Jen Pasake. She's pretending she's a news person. She's going to ask Hillary, right, about oh, Putin. It's all about Putin. Putin's a whipping boy. Putin's bad. This is so dumb. You're going to be dumber after I play it for you. I, I apologize, but it's necessary. Go. 
Vladimir Putin uh, mm. has obviously <laughs> your friend, your friend and mine. Uh, yes, indeed. He has uh, intervened in our election in the past. Right. It's not something, as you experienced firsthand, it's not something we talk about a lot. Do you fear that that is something that could be happening for 2024? And do you think we should be talking about it more? Well, I think we should be talking about it more because I don't think, despite all of the uh, you know, deniers, uh, there's any doubt that he interfered in our election or that he has interfered in many ways in uh, the uh, internal affairs of other countries, funding political parties, funding, you know, political candidates, uh, buying off, uh, you know, government officials in different places. So that is his opus, uh, you know, his his opus operandi in the sense that he hates democracy. He particularly hates the West, and he especially hates us. 180 degree rule. Remember that. I hate her too. I know, I hate her too. It's his opus operandi. Okay, I make mistakes too. She couldn't figure out it was modus. But she's also talking about herself. Pay attention to him. Okay? Putin, he's a terrible person. Everybody hates him. He's bad. He's going to interfere with our elections, even though I'm allowed to say that. But other people can't, right? Pay attention to him. Shaking my keys over here. Pay attention. See? And then what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to announce this Clinton Global Initiative of SOC to work with the World Bank, because that sounds good, right? We're going to work with them. We're going to get $24 billion, which is hopefully going to get baked into some defense spending, which no freaking Republican should vote for. We're going to squeeze it in there, right? And then we're going to forever fund this gravy train that's going to pay for God knows what with no results, no receipts, no anything about Ukraine. And if you ask about it, you're a Putin sympathizer, right? And we need the Clintons as the middleman. Sort of like how you need somebody to help Hunter sell his artwork. Oh, got it. They think you're stupid. Alas, you are not. You know, I feel badly for New York City, and then I don't, because they beat their chest and said, look, we're a sanctuary city. Come one, come all, my jungle friends, quoting Ace Ventura and Pet Detective, right? Now they've been swarmed. It's going to cost billions of dollars. And taxpayers are footing the bill. Should you feel badly about that? I want to go there next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So our third youngest, oldest son, the monkey in the middle, Ryan. Shryan. He's almost of age, I know. Nobody's going to put it together at Shryan. <laughs> We went to go see the University of Notre Dame over the weekend. Beautiful school. Ryan's got a couple uncles who went to Notre Dame. Whole different ball game going today than it was in the 1990s. And the game with college admission these days is you really in these elite schools, you've got to be able to go there in person, show that you're interested, and visit and tour the campus. So we got tickets to the game. Great game. Ohio State, Notre Dame, big, big game, crappy ending, whatever. Beautiful weather. Prices of hotels in South Bend, Indiana, totally ridiculous, right? 800 bucks for a Holiday Inn Express with two double beds. I don't think so. And I'm sorry, but our son is over six feet tall. There's no way I'm sleeping in a double bed with him. Or he's going to get his own and Joe and I are going to squeeze together in a double bed. Not happening. 
right? I work too hard. We're going we're gonna to go somewhere else. So we decided to stay in Goshen, Indiana. Goshen is maybe 45 minutes away. Depends on how much traffic there is. What, 20, 30 miles? Not that far. Fine. We stay there. I got to tell you, there's a nine-mile ride on a main drag from the highway, which takes you to South Bend. Get off the highway to drive to the bustling metropolis downtown of Goshen, Indiana. It's small. Nice people. I don't know if it's a drop-off on the immigrant highway, but I got to tell you, I doubt that Goshen, Indiana has been as Hispanic as it is now. There were 19, 19 Mexican restaurants. We counted eight of them, boom, 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 after each other on the road. If you don't think what's going on in Texas, what's being bused to Chicago, what's happening at the southern border into Arizona, what's going on in California, and certainly what is happening in, in New York is going to come to you, you're mistaken, because it is. It's the plan. And so there's a side of me that feels empathetic, yes, for New York. And then there's a side of me that's like, you get what you vote for. Did you guys really think that Eric Adams was going to be a fantastic leader? Did you guys really think that Kathy Hochul or Andrew Cuomo or any of these hacks, the Democrats who do the same thing year after year after year, were going to provide anything different for you? Uh, you couldn't have. Which is why frustrated people like my husband and myself are looking at the political landscape. We see what's going on. We know how our neighbors vote. And it's sort of like I'm either going to stay here and watch society in my community fall to crap. Or I got to hightail it out of here and go find joy with other people who are conservative like I am, who believe in traditional family values, who look out for each other who care, who, who want to tell the truth, who want to work together, who believe in America first, right? And so you have this exodus. There's a reason why people are leaving New York, Illinois, and California per U-Haul faster than any other state. No kidding. It's, it's unsustainable. And the situation going on in New York, how about this headline? New York City now preparing to spend a staggering extra one billion dollars on hotels alone to shelter migrants for three more years. Migrants who, by the way, come with their own country's flag. Look, if you want to come to America because you love America, you don't plant a Venezuelan flag in the ground outside wherever you're squatting. Period. But that's what's going on. New York City preparing for the worst, extending its contract with local hotels. Can you imagine going to New York for whatever reason, whether it's on business? For instance, I've filled in on various Newsmax programs, primetime programs, right? And they're like, hey, we'll fly you in. We'll put you up at the hotel across the street. You'll do the show, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be great. Okay, fine. Can you imagine you and your family are staying in a hotel that's also being used to house all these freaking migrants who don't give a rip because they're getting everything for free, who don't like the food that they're being provided, so they throw it away? What? 
Might as well just put their finger right in your eye. Bink! There you go. A billion dollars. A billion dollars. Ah, New Yorkers are rich. Everybody's got money there, right? The revised contracts projected new total $1.365 billion. That's a billion three hundred sixty five million nearly five times what the original deal called for that would just pay the rental fees to more than 100 hotels converted into emergency migrant shelters oh goody that doesn't include the cost of city facilities and other rented sites housing homeless asylum seekers pouring into the big apple by the thousands every week but thank thank god They've got their Narcan vending machine, right? We're going to give you free crack pipes. Fantastic. That's perfect. Hey, what was, the, what was the narrative during COVID? Stay home. Stay calm. Stay high. Fantastic. Doesn't include these costs? Kind of important. What's the lump sum total going to be per New York resident, because it can't just be people who live in New York City. You can't just screw people who happen to live in the city. You're going to have to screw people in the Bronx and Long Island and all these other Brooklyn, all these other boroughs, right? I've got to screw them all. Get out to the burbs, spread it around. Critics, including even some Democrats, raged that the Adams administration contract with the New York City Hotel Association, which is set to be extended from this year through August of 2026, reeked of a taxpayer giveaway. Why are we extending this contract for three years? It sends the message of not wanting to reduce the migrant population, said Nicole Gillis, a senior fellow with the Manhattan Institute. Well, of course, this is your new America. They're not going. You will... Because life for you will be unlivable. Eric Adams made it a freaking virtue signaling photo op. Come to me, he said. We are your sanctuary. Lori Lightfoot did the same thing. You hear her every day in the open that we play to the radio show, right? To the program. This is a sanctuary city. Right? Gavin Newsom. Not only if you're some rando from another country, 150 different countries swarming our border. Eh, who cares if you're vaccinated? Eh, who cares about your background? Eh, who cares if you have diseases or whatnot? Eh, doesn't matter. If you're a kid and your parents aren't down with you having a a gender transformation, right? A sex change operation. Come hither to, to California. We'll do it for you. And this is the guy they think is the next in line to be president. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on. So what do you do? Do you, do, you, do you feel bad for people in New York? Do you say, oh, my goodness. Or do you say, duh, what do you think we were telling you about? It's not like nobody knew this was coming. Not to the degree of the immigration, sure. But does anybody vote for a Democrat thinking their taxes are going to go down? I really like their fiscal plan. It's really responsible, you know. They're going to get rid of duplicitous jobs. They're going to tighten their own belt before they come and ask us for any money. I like that plan, said nobody who ever voted for a Democrat. Because Democrats have never, they've never delivered that.
Oh, we're going to be the home of certain kinds of voters. Black voters, come to us. Because we've done so much for you over the last 50 years. Your opportunities have skyrocketed. The literacy of your children in the inner cities, where we screw you and vote against school choice, which would give you lots of money to school your kids wherever you see fit, right? Does anybody vote Democrat thinking academic excellence is going to be on, on the table? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to vote for that. And the safety and security stuff, right? Uh, I remember the stand down order during George Floyd where police were specifically emasculated and told not to push back. Sure, they just want to loot some stuff, kill people, burn cities down, (laughs) whatever. We don't want to get involved. The optics makes it look racist. So let's just let it burn said the Democrats, as they lied to you about the mostly peaceful protests on television. I mean, does anybody vote for these people thinking that they're going to have lower prices, ample supplies, energy independence, safety and security on the street, right? Quality education, period. When was the last time Democrats delivered anything for us? And now... These Democrats, who are the hippies of my parents' generation, right? The, the people who scoffed at the Vietnam War and spit on the men coming home. All of a sudden, this is your new warmonger class. War, 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 war. <laughs> right? As they sit there with their masks and their 17th booster shot. What happened to you people? That's the last core group of people voting for Democrats. People in their 70s, people in their 80s, old school Democrats, mind you, who can't let go, but who refuse, much like the people at the dinner environment I was telling you about at the beginning of the program, who couldn't put together the pieces. All these kids in my orbit of my children are getting sick, and it's not just like a cold, it's cancer, and it's it's like turbo, it's crazy, and I just... Where could it be coming from? So weird. And I'm like, you're joking, right? And they're not. You do get for, you get what you vote for. And New York is getting screwed in a major way. But what about Texas? What about Michigan? What about Minnesota? What about Pennsylvania? What about Illinois? All of these places absorbing these human beings in an untenable, financially disastrous experiment of suck. Surprised? Not surprised. Do not go anywhere. Did you know that one third of Democrats under the age of 30 say we have too much of a specific kind of freedom? Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait for it next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, I'm kind of I'm intrigued before I get to this 30% of uh, young Americans under 30. Why is it always the young people who muck everything up? Is it because they have no experience? Is it because their parents wrapped them in bubble wrap and gave them trophies and made them think that they were really special? You're special. Here's a trophy. That was the beginning of the end of our society, I think. Here, take a medal. Oh, yay. 
right? You're a terrible athlete, but let's celebrate that. What are we doing? Why is it that there's only like 30 GOP lawmakers in the House and Senate who have hit the brakes on any more spending for Ukraine? Where, where's everybody else? Does everybody else there know something we don't know? What kind of lives are we saving? Are we saving any lives? Are we moving the needle? Where's that progress report? Don't ask. In fact, 30% of young Democrats believe you have too much freedom when it comes to freedom of speech. Got this from Blaze TV. Here's the headline. Americans have too much freedom to speak freely. One third of Democrats say in a poll. You know what? I think that when the trains that are spilling over with migrants who are coming to this country illegally, because that's the point, that's the whole global compact of migration, blur the borders, take any kind of actual authenticity or flavor any kind of true lineage, blood of culture from a country and muddy it with a bunch of others that aren't congruous and people who aren't even willing to be here and love America. They just want to just want to come here. Right. This is this is why we have this problem with young people who think they know and they, they don't. Sadly, no. A recent poll from Real Clear Opinion Research found that a third of registered Democratic respondents feel Americans have too much freedom to speak freely. The poll, released in September, surveyed 1,000 individuals. 1,000 individuals. Of those interviewed, 377 identified as Democrats, 369 as Republicans, 255 as Independents or other. According to the director of the Real Clear survey, the poll revealed that 9 out of 10 respondents support the First Amendment. 9 out of 10. Fantastic. Uh, and the head of the, the guy who's ahead of this, his name is Spencer Kimball, says this is agreed upon across the demographics, like party affiliation, age and race. People believe that they, the First Amendment is a good thing, right? Despite those results, the survey found that Democrats more frequently favor censorship and restrictions on First Amendment rights. Here's the funny part. It's the, the people who are being silenced and censored and, and browbeaten and called useful idiots like Dr. Peter the Weasel Hotez, right? These are the people who you need to be wary of. They want those of us who ask questions like that mom to just shut the hell up. How dare you ask me that? How dare you question science? I am science. Don't you dare ask John Fetterman anything. He had a stroke, you ableist. Diane Feinstein and her pterodactyl hands. Right? She can't even talk. Ah, ageist. Mitch McConnell, frozen. Uh, oh, he's fine. He didn't get enough sleep last night. His CPAP machine wasn't working. Don't ask questions. 42% of individuals under the age of 30 stated that it is more important to them that the government is able to place restrictions on speech in the Internet of national security. Only 26% of those over 65 agreed. First of all, the government doing anything is a recipe for suck. That's all you need to know. I'm from the government and I'm here to help, right? Ronald Reagan hit it out of the park without one. What do these people think that the government does for them? Does the government keep them safe? No. No. 
Government is specifically working right now to make all of us unsafe. Does the government work to give us opportunity? No. At every turn, you're overtaxed, restricted, silent, censored, Facebook jailed, whatever. How about our education system? Is that, is that going swimmingly? No. We have a cadre, a staggering number of students, by and large, the prevailing number of which, in our inner cities, who cannot read, who don't understand basic math. And instead of being like, uh, Houston, T.O., we got a problem, yo. We're going to just fail them up to the next grade level. And when they fail at that next grade level, we're going to change the rules. Well, you don't have to show your math. Showing your math is racist. Well, you know, the SAT, it really discriminates against people who live in poorer areas. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. It is the muddying, the making America mediocre mentality. That is the Democrat Party. And it's fueled by young people who are, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, by and large, products of higher education of suck indoctrination government is everything said nobody with a functioning brain stem so look isn't it a beautiful thing that we get to talk about this isn't it a fantastic thing that we get to share these stories and we get to say you know what you're not alone i feel it too i worry about my children the same way you worry about yours and your grandchildren but by golly, just like me at that dinner situation over the weekend when I had to say, it's the vaccine. <laughs> All we need to do is say, it's the government, the uniparty, because they're both responsible. Facts. I myself believe in all free speech, especially that with which I disagree. And if you disagree with what I talk about on this program, good for you. Just come on back. We'll see you in 21 hours. Until then, peace. Peace.